Dead my ass. Well, what do you know? The gang's all back together. Almost all of us. My condolences. You're lucky he's not here. How are your knuckles doing there, Crease? Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. I exploit the cultural background of my mentor to sell cars and fuel the capitalist machinery. My name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai, because even when I'm dealing with turmoil in my life, I always have time to have my new car painted in badass fashion to represent my dojo. Beautiful. <sighs> yes. And this is, uh, yeah, No Mercy, Cobra Kai kickback. We are... Back in it for season two, episode two, Back in Black, uh, directed by John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg, written by Josh Heald, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg. So, you know, we're, we're, still, we're still on this journey, uh, you know, where we last left um, uh, Johnny. He's kind of accepting Crease back into his life. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I believe, what, does this start with, well, it starts with the montage, of course. Uh, which, yeah. you know, you, you bring up montages, like whenever you reference them, Jacob, you talk about like eighties montages, but you know, I, you know, who, who actually embraces the eighties montage in a way, or I guess maybe you wouldn't call it an eighties montage would be like breaking bad, better call Saul. They love their montages. Mm. Would you say those are different montages than say a Cobra Kai montage? Um, well, usually they have some music that's like, and it sounds a bit like a children's science program, but with hip hop, um, it's, I guess it's literally the music that makes me call it that. Cause yeah. you know, it's, it is this one necessarily wouldn't be as much, but I guess the training montages of which there are so many, yeah. you can't help but think that this is an eighties thing. Now, if they were making meth, that would indeed be a 2010s <laughs> type montage as inspired by breaking bad. But you're right. The montage is a versatile thing. Um, it, you know, shows lots of things happening at once, reminding everyone of what's going on as team America would say, um, which I also rewatched recently, a great montage in that. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's not just for training, even though they do some training here, it's more a morning montage. See where someone's life is at. Um, and you're right. It, you can do a lot of stuff with it in this case though. It is pretty eighties because the music, I think <laughs> I, and I, I probably just went breaking bad with it because when they're working on the car, they're wearing like, you know, the face masks and like the body suits or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, you know, very reminiscent of Breaking Bad. But, you know, the car is being worked on, painted, redone. We got uh, Miguel and Johnny waking up, doing their morning routine, you know, doing some sit ups, getting ready for the day, uh, chugging down a Coors banquet, uh, eating some scrambled eggs. And then, you know, coming out to a badass Cobra Kai car. As Miguel and Johnny get their shades on, ready to attack the day, uh, run into some chicks, of course. Hey, don't look, don't ruin it. Got to be cool with it. And, here, you know, we're back in it. Cobra Kai, baby. 
them with their sunglasses bobbing their heads it's like almost the shot of johnny and daniel doing the same thing sitting yeah. in there bobbing their heads and like uh cobra kai kids said last episode if everyone could just sit in a circle and talk about uh what's going on in their lives and their feelings everyone could just be friends uh but no at least uh, if they can't be friends at least they can all be badass and i love that it's like like a mom daughter combo to, like yeah yeah where they gonna go on a double date uh they just have a cool moment and drive off in their cool car <laughs> and uh this episode we, we're reminded that you know just because robbie is doing well in karate you know he got second place but all of course in danielson's eyes he's the winner and he's training at miyagi-do even though those things seem well he still lives in like a shithole uh with no real other parental figures in his life he has to wake up thinking that someone's robbing him so <laughs> he can fight them and it turns out it's like his mom's new boyfriend or whatever they're heading out on some sort of trip and uh, don't worry he's got the rent um, I mean, I guess as we see through the episode, I guess he did have the rent, but they forgot about the pesky power bill. Yeah, that all, that always happens to me as well. <laughs> you forget about the power bills. Uh, it's yeah, it's, uh, Robbie's not having a great time. Like you said, we'll see a bit more of it. He, we see some aggression in him, punching his uh, what's it called, punching bag. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, right. Daniel's putting up the portraits of the. The old masters or Mr. Miyagi, rather, in, in the dojo. Sam rolls up and, well, <laughs> oh, yeah. So Miguel calls Sam on Aisha's phone and she's like, haha, miss me. And he's like, I miss you a lot or whatever. <laughs> he's really creepy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, don't hang up. I mean, but hey, I mean, she blocked him. It's the only way. He just needs to talk. But let me back it up a bit because when we see the pictures in the dojo and I assume it's like Miyagi's ancestors and then Mr. Miyagi, like, I know, I mean, they obviously it was a father-son relationship, but would Mr. Miyagi be okay with this? Like, because you would assume then the next picture would be Daniel. So is he, he I guess he'd be cool with this whole, like, continuing his legacy, right? Or is this kind of a weird overstep of boundaries? Like, is he just... Um, why would you think it would be a weird overstep of boundaries? Just, I kind of know, but uh, can you put your finger on guess, why do you I, think Mr. Miyagi might not like it? I guess, again, I'm going back to the meta sense of... Because I don't think that. But, like, you know, we talk a lot about... Or not we, but, uh, like, the social discourse is a lot about, like, cultural appropriation. And the show has addressed that a bit, like, kind of in a funny way. But, like, from an outsider's perspective, someone who, like, has uh, that way of thinking they would be like who is this man who thinks he can step step in and try to continue this culture that is in his own well we know there are two Miyagi-Do uh karate masters this these would be Mr. Miyagi and Sato from yeah. Karate Kid Part 2 yeah. so I kind of want to but Sato commercialized the whole thing um but we have to remember Mr. Miyagi's father who is the previous master on there. He's the one who took Sato's hand and Miyagi's hand and brought them together and wanted them to be friends. And at the end of the film, that's where he was at. So my hope would be that maybe Sato's teaching Miyagi-Do karate over in Okinawa, uh, carrying on the tradition there. Uh, whether or not that's happening, as far as Mr. Miyagi goes, I don't think he'd be against, you know, pictures of his 
ancestors. Although, no, the, the only thing that's weird about it is that he has the other ancestors. Having yeah. Mr. Miyagi's picture there makes perfect sense. Yep. But like the other guys, is does he have the right to take on all of that as well? Or does that belong in Okinawa, where these men presumably lived their whole lives and never <laughs> left? Because <laughs> uh, I'm also like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. And why does he have pictures of them? But he probably has pictures of them because they're Mr. Miyagi's valued possessions. So like... I don't see how hanging them up would be disrespectful in that sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But I, I guess looking at it, I feel like if this was the real world and someone just wa- like waltzed in, they'd be like, whoa, whoa, you know, it, it, someone's point of view. Explain yourself, even though like he doesn't have to. But we were along for the ride. We've we we went with Daniel and Miyagi to Okinawa. We went with that. <laughs> That's to like, that, that goes on a t-shirt. We keep saying <laughs> we went on that trip to Okinawa. We know. Um, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but in the type of shitty dojo where that would happen, they would also just Google a random Japanese guy and put yeah. up on the wall, you know, very true. <laughs> and this uh, seems a bit better than that. Yeah. Uh, but I see, see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Sam Sam rolls up. Uh, Miguel has a creepy conversation. Tries to talk to her, uh, wanting to th- things go back the way they were. Um, she she uh, he does say like I'll do anything, and then he like looks to the side. I even I, he looks at like the Cobra Kai logo. I almost thought he would was gonna go like I'll even quit Cobra Kai if you want, but like of course he can't do that. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't ask him to, even though she did kind of previously. But anyway, it's all ruined. He ruined it, and uh, she. Uh, Tells them to tell Aisha to call her back. Yes, yeah. So, and then of course we got Robbie in the mix, and uh, this—you know—they're not laying it on too thick as far as a love triangle, but you know, there's obvious competition already between just karate with uh, Robbie and Miguel, and I guess Sam being involved makes things uh, a little bit more complicated. Um, so then. With that, we have the circle defense or the circle training that uh, Daniel is uh, getting them ready for, where it's like they're working as one, uh, finding that balance. Uh, And that's kind of the running thing here. Now, one thing to get into, and it it kind of plays out through the episode, I guess Daniel is kind of, is he just naive that he doesn't understand? Like, Robbie clearly has this anger inside of him. Um, and he doesn't even think to like ask Robbie about his home life. Like, is that something he sh- he should not have to like have Sam mention to him, or or what do you think about that? Uh, I feel like, mm, yeah, it's probably like a super touchy subject because remember when he was like, "I never want to see you in here again," etc., cetera, <laughs> yeah, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Like that was all about who his dad was. So then bringing up like his home life and everything, I would assume that it's like kind of a. Robbie doesn't want to talk about it because it's such a shit situation. And Daniel doesn't want to talk about it because it has to do with his rival and he's trying to do something positive here and not think about all that bullshit. Um, so yeah, Sam, Sam has to bring it up. Um, and yeah, like how, okay. Let me ask you a question, Jim. How yeah. do I dislike Robbie? Cause I, I, I feel like I shouldn't dislike Robbie. I feel bad for it. I feel like it's in the performance. I don't know. Or I feel like the show's telling me you this is going to be a love triangle now, so you better get on board. Yeah. Or what is it? Because, like, it's not his fault. But maybe it's that the... I, I, I don't know. He's just... It's not... Uh, he, of all the kids, he's, like, not my favorite. But, like, it ha- he's done nothing wrong. I don't dislike him as 
like from the writing maybe it's the performance that doesn't like get me there the whole way i'm not sure but he just Hmm. i don't like him jim why don't i like him i can relate to in a sense because it's i don't i don't dislike him though i do like robbie but i like miguel more so i can kind of relate in that sense and a lot of that is due to i mean we we started more with Miguel with the show. We've seen more of his point of view. Robbie was introduced more through... We've, we went a, a bunch into his more convoluted uh, plan and the way he kind of got involved in everything. Um, so I think, yeah, some of it's like a story thing uh, just because we, ha- we had to be with Miguel more and Miguel is, you know, like we say, the hardest, heart and soul of the show. Uh, and Robbie was just kind of brought in, not quite as like a gimmick, but definitely like, you know, a, a, a means to an end in a lot of cases yeah. to have it where it was Daniel versus Johnny at the end of the season in a certain way. Um, and I, I mean, kind of piggybacking on what you're talking about and the kind of the point I was bringing up, it's cause it's like, Robbie is clearly angry when he's punching the punching bag. And it's like Daniel's just like making circles, not like picking up on what's going on. But I kind of like that because I like, again, you know, balance. It's such an obvious thing to get into with this show because we have Miguel, who's uh, who's, you know, a nice, innocent kid who's getting a little power and somewhat being corrupted by it. And then we have Miguel, who, you know, you've you've pointed out many times that he, he was a villain but not really they didn't go too far with it but like he's supposed to be the troubled kid who's coming out nicer in the end and they're playing around with that and how they're wait sorry maybe i I got mixed up robbie's the troubled kid yes robbie i'm sorry Yeah. yeah yeah and so they're kind of playing around with again they're like opposites then they're going on different paths but parallel and similar yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he does get the short end of the shift uh, because par- part of it could be performance. I don't think there's there's nothing that really stands out to me, but I guess he is probably a little flatter than maybe some of the other actors. I think that might or I think it might be the character in like there's nothing wrong with the character on paper. And like I, I kind of want to like him, but I think I just have a reaction against like he feels like he's a too much of a pouty pretty boy and there's nothing wrong with being pouty or pretty uh but like he feels focus group designed to fill a slot in the story more than he has a distinct personality he feels like a blank slate a lot of the time like his personality is that he has a broken home and Honestly, I think it comes down to me, to him not being a bad enough guy. Like, I would love to see the transition more if he was actually a bad guy or more of a, like, and I mean more like a a troubled kid who, like, why did he have to hesitate about the computer sales or whatever? And, like, his his plan to, like, I I don't know. He he just doesn't have that much of a personality. I'm supposed to like him because he's an underdog. I would rather have him uh, have more characteristics that were dislikable that would make me like him he's kind of like too good for the position he's put into because he like all the bad stuff he does it's so so framed all the time like it's not his fault um but then he doesn't i i don't know it's just something i react to sometimes when it's like him like looking all sad or whatever and and just he just annoys me and i get why people dislike him strongly i don't dislike him strongly but i just want to put my finger on it because i'm like i love everything going on in this show so much and then when stuff's going on with robbie i'm like this feels predictable and whatever to me 
Yeah, yeah. And I and maybe I think we could be being a little unfair to the performance because I think some of it some of it is because what he's given because he is Oh yeah, for sure. He is supposed to always like kind of he has that pensive like stare where he's always kind of like, is this a good thing?" <laughs> you know, or you know, uh feel bad for me or something or other. Um but yeah, I could see it. I don't I don't dislike him, but I could totally see where you're coming from. And I don't know. I, 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 going into season two, I don't have as much of a recollection of the way things go. Because like in this episode with the, the, the cement and all that, I thought that was in season one. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I got this one before. So I'll be interested on this second go through of this season if uh, things become a little bit more clear or, you know, play better. Than when I first watched it, not that I disliked it or anything. It's just um, I, it didn't have that initial impact that the first season had for me. Yeah, uh, I I also I kind of wanted to air out that now because I d- don't have as clear of a memory of uh, like where we end up in season two, and I'd be in, I'll be interested to see for myself like does my opinion of Robbie change? Do they get to do more stuff with him in this season? And if not, like again, I I don't dislike him as such. It's just that he's not given enough interesting stuff to to retain my interest basically so there's still lots of potential there and uh, what he adds to the whole relationship dynamic going on and everything i think his best scenes are with uh johnny to be honest like when he is like because you he has just has more to work with there where he has a lot of emotion obviously about that but he's trying to be balanced and good and everything like there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there and then a lot of the rest of the time He's just there, so I don't know. To to, he's there to pine over Sam, and Sam's gonna start liking him, and blah blah blah. And he's gonna say, "What, Mister Larusso? How can we do that if we can't see each other?" Yeah, like yeah. all this stuff. There's nothing going on in his life besides this. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but whatever. Funny. I do podcasts all the time. There's nothing <laughs> going on in my life either. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then we see some of the new recruits. Uh, I forgot we we kind of saw them in the first episode of season two, but. You know, Johnny sent them away, and I did like when we first meet them outside of Cobra Kai in the first episode. They're wearing wrestling shirts because it just mm-hmm. makes sense because it's still kind of like nerds are showing up. And as we see here, they're nerds, and then Crease walks in, and it's like you know, one of them has the future is female shirt. Uh, what uh, Johnny's on the phone? And he's like, gender what? <laughs> what do you mean? As they're asking if he teaches uh, teach you know boys and girls. So, you know, uh, we're being set up with, with the new recruits. You know, Cobra Kai is getting big, but it's still not like karate's cool. It's just nerds are showing up to learn to fight their bullies. Uh, and, you know, Crease is back in the mix. And then here we go. Yeah, and uh, they do. They pick the worst possible time to do an on mass dab to dab on Johnny oh, Lawrence because yes. um, he's so embarrassed in front of Crease, <laughs> even though he, he doesn't want Crease around or whatever. But but he wants his approval still, and that's like Crease kind of knows that. He just kind of needs to look at him, and just, and Johnny's like, oh, why is this going on? And he's so uh, annoyed about it. Does he give a little rant here? I think um, about how. Yeah, no, Aisha's sort of giggling, and then she's like, oh, what does a snake do? And everyone's like, and that's what I'm like. These guys are fucking goofing (laughs) off too much. One dab is enough. You also have to do the hiss? Come on, guys. Do some karate. Jesus, do some karate chops. Yeah, it's got to be clear that this this man that's there, like, you know, 
uh, maybe don't, this is not the good time to have all, all the fun that they're having. I mean, especially considering like the last time we saw them have their, uh, practice or whatever you call it, uh, he was yelling at them for being pussies and <laughs> beating up mm-hmm. weak people. <laughs> but I guess maybe they read that as like, oh, we should have more dabs and jokes. <laughs> That'll help. Yeah, they, they took the wrong lesson for it. He just tells them all to show up at five in the morning uh, tomorrow and we'll get back to that. But meanwhile, Daniel's being torn between his uh, home life and his karate life. Or no, his professional life yeah. and his karate life. Which, and his professional life is with his wife. So it's all very complicated. But don't worry, he's balanced. It's going to be okay. No one could sell 10 cars in a day, but they do it. They're still the best sales team in the Valley. Yeah. And I have to point out that when they the guy slides that offer across the table and they I go, ah, you're joking and walk away. The, the way they stop and freeze when he's like, hold up, they smile at each other. They're just like Crease. Yeah. They're just as bad as Crease at the end of the last episode. Yeah. They do the thing. So yeah. everything's connected. Everything's just the same. And, and the, the cement thing is just like the round thing they're on and it's all linked up, Jim. That's true. That's true. It's full circle uh, balance. Although I guess it's more... Uh, acceptable to be a scummy car salesman than it is to be a scummy father figure when it all comes down to it. Uh, I do like that they're showing that, you know, uh, Amanda and Daniel are a good team. I mean, again, I I do think her character gets kind of uh, short end of the stick in some cases. She's always kind of the voice of reason, but not to the parody point of like the bumbling father in a sitcom but it's almost there, but I think they handle yeah. it just well enough. And he gets to do the, uh, you know, the crane kick with everyone to sell the cars. Uh, it's- you, I have to say as well, like everyone just knows about this kick <laughs> in the whole Valley. Yeah. It's not ju- like, did only the karate people go to him to buy cars? Cause they all want the kick thing or maybe they're just, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I guess it's arguable because, um, you know, it's usually, it's, I guess it's a lot of older people. So they're like, oh, yeah, we know you from the commercials, the bonsai, the, the karate champion, the car salesman. If there was a karate champion car salesman in my neighborhood, that's who I would go and buy my car from. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I have to assume it's like in a better call Saul sense. These uh, ads have probably been on local television for yeah. like 10 years. So they're all like, hey, the guy <laughs> like there's a guy here to give an example called Mattress Mick. And his name is Mick and he sells mattresses, but he has the most insane commercials. And his thing is all about like Irish mattresses for Irish beds or whatever. <laughs> and everyone knows Mattress Mick. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's the same thing, I guess. I would want a picture with Mattress Mick if I got my mattress from Mattress Mick. Yeah, because maybe they don't even know the kick from the championship. They just know the kick from the commercial. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the kids, the Cobra Kai kids, uh, are up, uh, mixing cement. Uh, Chris is not impressed. This is like, yeah, it'll, he, he still is pretty soft on it. He's like, yeah, I mean, it'll wear them out, but he won't teach them fear or whatever. And it's like, oh, Johnny's the one with the more diabolical idea. And it also seems clear that he's never done this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my assumption is that if Ian Cutter are pals, I think they went into that cement mixer and made it do that thing at some point. So that's why he knows it's physically possible. And Cutter, the guy driving the thing, is also like, you didn't say nothing about no kids. Yeah. And maybe they did it without the cement or whatever. But like he has to have, he's definitely been in the, one of those before or he would not have come up with this insane idea. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I do like that there's this, uh, the, like, the back and forth he has with, with Cutter, and he's like, ah, oh, all right, well, it's on you. Um, and then, yeah, intercut with that, we have Robbie, like, uh, like we'd mentioned, the power goes out, but he also has to have an empty refrigerator, really laying it on thick that, you know, this poor kid uh, living in a bad situation. Um, and, you know, okay, yeah, because that's intercut with the, the floating circle. So we have the floating mm-hmm. circle training going on at the same time as the cement training. And it's interesting because it's like, I mean, I guess they're just training because that's what you do with karate, but it's not the same as we have this tournament coming up. Uh, so it's, you know, they're intercutting it because obviously they are opposite ends of the spectrum. Miyagi-Do does not like Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai does not like Miyagi-Do. But we don't have a clear climax we're building to, at least yet. We just know that there's this tension brewing. Um, So I don't know. Is it better to have the tournament, like in season one, or just kind of this general, like, uh, we don't like each other, and now we're getting ready for some sort of murky conclusion? Well, as I usually uh, say, I'm more like I I'm I'm so we're, we're so on board with uh, Johnny and Daniel being friends anyway. This just feels like when they're away from each other, their brains work more similarly than they think because they both use like this round circle mm-hmm. technique. Even if one of them's because it just visually, it's obviously made to link up there as well, where it goes ra- like I was yelling about earlier, yeah. but like the way it goes round and everything. But also both of them doing innovative things to help get a lesson across because because johnny to be fair to him his lesson is not like you got to be strong to push the thing around he gives a speech afterwards where he's like you have to keep going even when there's not a tournament so like and you have to train all the time that's why they're all goofing off because they wanted the tournament like like you were saying that like maybe there's something to build up towards but for him is like no a real champion trains all the time and never stops because if you stop you die which is a bit dramatic (laughs) but like you'll die in cement and um, he he gets his point across that way and similarly uh of course with the water training the balance etc etc uh daniel finds his own trick to get his point across and like the underlying lesson also is about them kind of working together like uh you know even with Johnny's lesson, you know, they have to all be together and, you know, they're picking each other up to push it. And then, of course, with the water circle, it's balance and working in unity. So, you know, uh, yeah, Johnny Johnny and uh, Daniel, Law Russo, if you will, they belong together in more ways than one. Yes. Uh, and also, um, Kreese gives a little speech as well, backing up Johnny. And as we all know, uh, words of affection is, is Johnny's love language. And he laps <laughs> this shit up. He loves it because Kreese is giving him praise. It's, his dad is basically giving him praise, which he's been deprived of for, for decades. So uh, he can't help but fall deeper into Kreese's clutches at this point. Yes, and uh, then we have, what, Sam and Robbie. Is this where she kind of picks up that maybe his home life isn't great? 
Uh, yeah, it's because the electricity went out and he comes in all mad, like, what does it even matter? Yeah. Oh, we can't dance away, whatever. Yeah, that yeah. was another scene where I was like, oh, yeah, he's mad now because the power is out. And I'm like, why am I annoyed? Like, of course he would be mad, but I'm just like, he's just too good looking to like, <laughs> to, too good looking to be this loser kid where he's supposed to be. He's just, whatever, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why he was mad at the start. He apologizes to her at the end, says things aren't great at home. She brings it up with Daniel like, hey, do you know anything about his home life and she still doesn't know that it's like his robbie's dad runs cobra kai right like yeah 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 i mean i guess maybe because i mean daniel didn't want to go but yeah i guess there's there was never explicitly stated that she understands the full relationship of what's going on there because even when well, yeah no sorry yeah no yeah. I, I think i was saying at the end of the last season like we never get into it because it's too complicated to go like oh robbie yeah no he only started working here to piss off uh his dad he yeah. was secretly my karate rival's child like she doesn't know any of that shit as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah yeah and so because even like going to the final fight but with uh like miguel and robbie like they had already left so yeah, I don't, I'm not clear on what she's aware of as far as the whole, yeah, twisted situation. But, you know, he is putting water on... Oh, he's attempting to put water on cereal. I think maybe even the water doesn't work. Um, mm. And then Daniel shows up. They decide to take him in, at least for a night. Very similar to another show I've been watching, uh, The O.C., um, on the OC, Jacob, it's like an updated version. I've seen, I've seen the OC. Thank you. You have? Oh, okay. It's like an updated version of Fresh Prince. And, yeah. you know, Sandy Cohen decides to welcome Ryan Atwood into their home, much like Daniel LaRusso is doing here to Robbie. Uh, but Amanda's kind of like, well, he has parents, you know, we can't just, we don't just like Still adopt him. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I saw season 1 of the OC. I didn't watch season 2. Um but yeah, though no, so he uh goes and 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 shows up with uh Robbie first, right? But the thing is like at the end, um yeah, so Robbie's brought over for a night, but he, he's like, yeah, I have to talk to his dad cuz mother's his mother's not picking up the calls, but like so he shows up to Johnny and skipping all the tension and everything and the really cool scene that we get. Uh, he says, like, oh, I came to ask you something. Looks like I got my answer. What was he asking? What was he going to ask? Yeah, I don't know. I guess, is he mean, like, are you going to take care of your son? <laughs> like, is that? Yeah, or thinking, are you responsible enough to take care of your yeah, son? And yeah. then he makes a judgment uh, based on him hanging out with Crease, and he thinks he's li- he lied before. Or he didn't, he assumes he knew he was alive or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just like, that still is. I still think it's illegal to steal a kid, <laughs> but then dope. I guess if if uh, if Johnny doesn't know, um, then it's fine, I guess. Uh, yeah, cause... but yeah, no, he's not even given the chance here because Chris is there, and uh, I I don't think Daniel was going to go into that situation like that, being like, um, "Look, you can take care of your son or not." I mean, at, yeah. once he gets to the tension and seeing Chris and bringing back all those memories, it takes obviously a different tone. But I do agree. It doesn't mean that you can decide now not to let this man know that his son is living in like a place with no power and no food and, you know, he needs he needs help. You'd still have to kind of put aside your karate history for a little bit and at least tell him what's going on. Because, I mean, especially coming off of the finale of season one, 
Daniel seemed very self-aware that there's a difference between their rivalry and the fact that no matter what, uh, Johnny is always going to be Robbie's dad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe at least in the moment, maybe Daniel's thinking I'll have to tell him another time. Uh, but it doesn't quite go as planned. And in the midst of that, Miguel, I mean, speaking of like, Sam, does Sam understand the relationship going on between who Robbie is and how he's related to Cobra Kai? Miguel is, you know, he was asking the question before, why does it matter about Robbie Keane? What makes him so special? Uh, he picks up a child's photo off the fridge that looks nothing like Robbie and says, somehow knows. <laughs> yeah, he's am- amazing eyes on this guy. It looks absolutely nothing like him. <laughs> and he says, Robbie Keane. So he is starting to put some things together here. And I mean, I guess, is that is that a betrayal to um, to Miguel? Like just the fact that, I mean, I guess he should have told him his relationship, but, you know, should he take it? like really bad or how should Miguel take this revelation? Well, I think the important thing to think about is that probably him saying Robbie Keane wasn't even in the script. And he had to say that because on location on the day, they were like, this doesn't look anything like Robbie Keane. We thought we had a young Robbie Keane photo. Nah, we just stuck this shit on the fridge from season one to make people know he had a kid and to give a time frame. I know. Well, I guess we'll have to say his name and then somehow just know because they were in the same school then or something. Um, what did you ask, Jim? I felt like this was more important. <laughs> no, what I asked is, should Miguel feel betrayed by this? Should he be upset? Is this a betrayal? Um, yeah, I'd say, like, it's... it's. Well, you have to remember when he walked in, right? And Sam was having dinner with, uh, like, all of the LaRusso's and Robbie Keane. So he's already, like... St- Robbie's already like stolen his girlfriend. Now Robbie's going to steal his father figure by essentially, you know, he beats him out. He's the biological son. Yeah. So you you got a sense that, and especially because it never added up to him, why uh, his sensei was like, go easy on this kid. What makes this kid special? Because it fe- felt to him like he was changing his overall approach for this one person which he was doing yeah. but we also know that johnny's been doing a lot of growing as well uh i think it's it's fair enough yeah to go like what the fuck dude yeah. this guy i fought you didn't tell me it was your son but i mean johnny could have a great argument against that to go like i yeah i didn't want you to like fucking i wanted you to focus on the fight idiot <laughs> yeah true and and going back to the picture it says 2010 champs on it it could just as easily just said robbie Keane, and that would have <laughs> Yes. And way, way easier because it is like a <laughs> soccer picture. And, you know, you'd almost think it could be like a baseball card and they would put your name on it or something. And that would have just solved all the all the issues that we have with this picture. Don't mean to harp on yep. it, but Jesus, have you seen this picture? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> bad. Um, so uh, Chris, of course, through this and last episode is just uh, casually problematic and, and racist and sexist all over the place. So he's like, they're exiting a shop and the guy comes out like, say that to my face. <laughs> and it's not even touched on. It's just like, ah, it's called America. Love it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. And you get... And Johnny's, uh, yeah, well, Johnny's just going to accept it like one has often to accept people of an older generation being uh, casually problematic and racist. Uh, so that's fun. Um, I do like and, that yeah. they just leave it to your imagination on whatever he <laughs> whatever he did in there. Uh, and, yeah, they're sharing a couple tall boys. And, you know, then we have the showdown where daniel sees that crease is alive we heard some eclipse at the start i do like the body language and the reaction of johnny like 
you know, he's with Crease, but he still kind of pulls away from him when he says something like, you know, hey, Cobra Kai's taking over the valley or like we're going to do this or whatever. And, you know, Johnny's not outright saying like, hey, I'm not with this guy, but he's also kind of like, look, you don't know what you're talking about. And it almost should be enough for Daniel to be like, OK, well, hey, let's let's chat. Like, as we've always talked about, they could just share their feelings, although maybe Crease wouldn't allow that. And yeah, and then he's also like, you're both in for a rude awakening. And it feels like he's going back on like last episode when it's like, oh, we're going to destroy Cobra Kai again now, even though I just realized that it's not about them and it's about, you know, we focus on our students or whatever. And there's no tournament to train for, but we're going to get more students and be more powerful of a dojo. And then I will be happy. Then <laughs> <laughs> <And> finally. <laughs> I will be balanced by taking over karate in the valley and there thus there shall be balance that will fill this hole that i feel in the pit of my stomach this, this <laughs> emptiness of my life finally yes exactly so they drive he drives off uh i do like i really like the ending shot where we just see the whole strip mall and all the signs and everything it's yeah. just got a nice uh glow and look to it the whole empty after hours like he hangs out here anyway and of course like this location's so central to the show like the whole like community of shops i wouldn't mind seeing more of the other shops in there as well uh just because it's uh, i don't know it's a great location it could be the location of a sitcom is what i'm saying it's uh, but it's a different show well because it's also just hilarious of like you know we always talk about the the when when you take a metal look at everything and get outside of the drama of karate in the valley it's just kind of, you know, a nondescript uh, mini mall uh, uh, that has, it's got what, a kebab place, the mini mart, it's got Vape City, and there's a pawn shop in there. So, yeah, you know, there's probably a lot of great colorful characters in some of those other other spots as well. Um, yeah, and he has been to the pawn shop to try to get rid of his Nintendo, <laughs> yeah. and of course the the convenience store. Uh, I guess Vape City's in season three. That's yeah. what we got to look forward to. Yeah, we haven't seen the kebab place or Vape City, hmm. which I would be just constantly getting kebabs if uh, <laughs> if I had a shop there. Yeah, um, a nice uh, banquet and a kebab. Uh, get a kebab and then a banquet to wash it down. Ah, oh, living the dream. It's perfect. Yeah, I might go get a kebab myself. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for episode two. It's, you know, like we said, training continues. It's basically like as the show figures out what to do when there's not a tournament, so are the characters. And that's why Johnny's speech fits so well into it. You have to always keep improving and everything. Uh, And of course, Kreese is there, the snake in the grass that he is. Yep, yep. So things are coming into place and... You know, we'll continue on this journey, see where season two takes us. Yep. So uh, go to showswhatyouknow.com for our other shows. Please do uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And beyond that, I just have one more thing, Jim. Ooh, what's that? Strike fast. Strike hard. No No mercy. mercy.